our, our family didn't have family vacations. We didn't go to the beach in the summertime. You know, we, we, we wrestle. You know, I don't think I did anything that no one can do or else I wouldn't have done it. It's almost like I was more excited for him to win than, 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 I, than I cared about me winning. You know, that was when I really, truly understood that you can't get on that podium without being a well-rounded wrestler. There's no reason to sleep in. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, I think sleeping in is a little bit of being lazy. Wrestling is just like one big puzzle. There's like a counterattack to every attack that the opponent has, and it's just fun trying to, like, figure everything out. No, I think you had some uh, pretty good questions, pretty in-depth. Only fault was that I thought I could pin everybody, you know, so going into the semifinals, I didn't really have a game plan. I was, like, super, super, super intense. All I cared about was wrestling. You know, that's what I love to do. I want to stand out. I want to, I want to get in your face. I want to beat you up. For 17 years, it was like, this is what I was training for, you know, and this is potentially my last tournament. It's like, this is it. It's like eight mile. Like you only get one shot. I felt like he took what was mine, you know, and um, I was trying to take what was his. So just kind of how things go. Welcome back to episode 42 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Earl Smith. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter at EarlD1CW for the show. It's at Sudden History. Of course, if you want to email me, you can do so Earl at D1CollegeWrestling.net. Speaking of D1CollegeWrestling.net, I haven't plugged it much lately on the show, but go check out the D1CW website. Of course, it's my favorite time of year, and one of the things I enjoy most about this time of year is researching and putting together potential lineups for as many D1 teams as possible. So if you were to go to the D1CW website, click on lineups, you'll see a button for each team in the country. Click on it, see what their possible, probable lineups look like. So far, I have almost 60 lineups posted. Um, This was really important to me going back a few years ago now. Um, there was always at least one or two publications or websites, and I think we all know who they are. Um, they felt the need to put out early preseason rankings, like really early preseason rankings, and they would put these rankings out with guys at the wrong weights, guys who were obviously redshirting. They were included. You know, sometimes there were two guys from the same team ranked at the same weight, or uh, just the worst was when they would include a guy that already graduated. So anyways, I wanted to try and get fans actual accurate info. So these lineups, uh, let's just say they come from really good, reputable sources. Of course, since it's early, you can have someone who may not be able to maintain his weight and move up a weight class, or a wrestler who wins a spot over an incumbent in a wrestle-off, or a freshman comes out of red shirts. But generally, I think there's good info to be had. And frankly, for most of your NCAA title contending teams, the Penn States, the Iowas, Oklahoma States, it's not that hard to figure out their lineups on a year-to-year basis. Now, this year, Iowa and Penn State actually have some question marks at the lower weights, but most of the time, semi-knowledgeable fans can put together lineups for those guys. But if you wanted to find out um, what uh, Brown or Michigan State or... Northern Colorado look like, um, you know, it may be harder to figure it out. 
but you've got all three of those possible lineups on the D1CW site. And if you wanted even more information about, say, Northern Colorado, well, we've got their head coach joining us next, so enjoy my conversation with Troy Nickerson. Welcome to episode 42 of the Sudden History Wrestling Podcast. We are lucky enough to be joined by four-time NCAA All-American, 2009 NCAA champion, and current head coach of the Northern Colorado Bears, Troy Nickerson. Welcome, Troy. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, so as we speak, it's late September. The college season's right on the horizon. What is going on in Greeley, Colorado, as the Bears are getting ready for November? Yeah, you know, we've uh, really just kind of been training. You know, we're in preseason right now. We've got a couple weeks left before the season officially kicks off. But, um, you know, just really working on our base, um, our, a lot of baseline skills in the wrestling room, you know, building our cardio up out on out on the pavement, you know, really pushing it from a conditioning standpoint and, um, you know, getting our weights down and, you know, pushing hard in the weight room. But, you know, these guys, they really had a good summer um, this past season and uh, just looking to uh, get back on the mat competitively and see where we're at. So a question I like to ask all coaches when it's this time of year, uh, give me a name or maybe two that you have, and I'm sure you probably have a bunch in your mind, uh, someone that fans nationally may not know yet, but you think maybe on the verge of a breakout season for UNC? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, two guys who, you know, come to my mind probably immediately are um, two guys that really – one spent a little bit of time in our lineup, but um, the other one is brand new. The one that spent a little bit of time in our lineup is is Jacob Seeley. Um, unfortunately, Jacob uh, got hurt right at the beginning of uh, last season in his freshman year. Um, you know, he, he's, he's really going to be special, you know, at the 197 pound weight class and, you know, really, uh, you know, he had a kind of freak injury, um, that occurred right at the beginning of last season and, you know, we got it taken care of and he's back to a hundred percent. He's looking great in the room and I think he's, you know, ready for, um, you know, re- really just taking that next step and, and getting on the podium right away. And, uh, the second guy is, uh, Chris Sandoval who is actually an incoming freshman for us this year. Um, Chris is going to be wrestling for us at 141 pounds. Um, this kid, I, I knew, I mean, I knew kind of that he was pretty dang good coming in. And uh, he's really impressed us so far getting in the room. I mean, this kid's a worker. He's got all the, the skills necessary to compete at this level. And I, I think he's going to impress a lot of people as a true freshman. And so you're beginning your fourth season as head coach at Northern Colorado. Going back a few years now, uh, you're an assistant at Iowa State. This job becomes open. You know, what made you say this is a place that I need to look at? You know, really, um, you know, it was a couple different things. I mean, one, it was uh, the in-state talent in Colorado. You know, I was very fortunate when I was still competing to spend uh, a little bit of time out at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. And uh, while I was here, I was able to uh, work with some of the kids' programs and the kids' clubs in the area. And right then I realized, you know, the the talent that Colorado had up and coming through the pipeline. So, um, you know, again, when you talk about guys like Jacob Seeley, uh, Chris Sandoval, I mean, you know, it was those type of guys that I saw, you know, a long time ago and, um, you know, really what the potential was. And, you know, the, the second part of that was just the support behind the program, you know, not only our, our administrative support, but our alumni support and, you know, our donors. I mean, you know, they've really um, – made made a commitment to wanting to be good here um and 
you know, our program has grown significantly in the past three years, and uh, it, it's only going to continue to grow. So last season you had four NCAA qualifiers, did well at some of the big regular season tournaments, and, you know, overall the program seems to be going in the right direction. You know, I know ultimately you probably have higher goals for the team, but how important is is it for you and the program getting your first individual All-American? It's going to be huge for us, you know. Again, I mean, that's really the next step for us. You know, we we, we got, like you said, four guys to the tournament last year. Three of those guys are returning. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it's just been raising the bar and, you know, raising the expectation. You know, I think last year we probably underperformed at the national tournament a little bit. But, you know, partly that's due to, I think, these guys just – really not completely believing that they could really compete at that level. But I think being at that tournament, I mean, everybody that we lost to in, in the event ended up being an All-American, you know. So I think our guys realize, hey, we're, we're not far off and, and we're pretty close. So it's really raised the expectation in our room. And, you know, again, I mean, that's that's just the, the natural progression of, you know, what we're trying to do is get that first All-American, first national champion. Um, you know, it, it's been a, a extremely, you know, big process here um you know of building this program up but we're trying to do it the right way by bringing in the right kids not just the best kids and and really building the culture and i think you know finally going into year four here we've got a really excellent culture we've got the right kids in the program and you know now they're just young and we, we need to develop them so my next question may uh, tie into some of the earlier ones for the kids and parents out there looking at potential colleges. You know, there are plenty of places with good wrestling coaches, plenty of places to get a good education. You know, what separates Northern Colorado from the other schools out there? You know, I mean, you know, I, I believe Northern Colorado is a really special place. I mean, one, you know, um, you know, that, that, always attracts a lot of people. It's just the location in general. You know, I mean, Colorado is a beautiful place to live. I mean, we get 300 days of sun. I mean, it's just a great place to be right now. And then, you know, too, I think, you know, the, the, the big, you know, thing that I, I like to sell is being part of, of that building process. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, that that's kind of, you know, the route I followed when, you know, I chose to go to Cornell way before Cornell was kind of what they are today. And, uh, you know, I took a lot of pride in that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of one of our main selling points right now. But then, you know, also from an academic standpoint, I mean, we've got a great institution here. You know, there's over 100 majors on campus. I mean, it's just, you know, there's a little bit of something for everybody. And, um, again, I mean, we've got some programs like our business school that are, I mean, really top of the line and, uh, you know, are really going to be able to help set these kids up for after wrestling. Mm-hmm. So you got to wrestle for five years at Cornell, got to be around Coach Rob Cole and his staff. Um, as we mentioned prior com- prior to coming to Northern Colorado, you were on the ISU staff with Kevin Jackson. Uh, what are a couple of things that you took from being around coaches like that that you felt you could implement one day when you had your own team? Yeah, you know, I think uh... – you know, probably the biggest things I learned at Cornell and, you know, from Rob were just, uh, you know, the management and, you know, running of a program, the day-to-day operations. You know, I think, you know, he really gets it probably more than anybody else. I think he does an excellent job of, of really running this program as a business and, and really setting it up to be sustainable. Um, you know, that, that, those were some of the biggest things that I took from him. And then, you know, from my time at Iowa State, working with a guy like Kevin Jackson, you know, I think, you know, I really learned how to how to train, you know, elite level athletes and, and really get them to peak at the right times. And, uh, you know, it's it, I mean, both experiences were 
great for me. I mean, you know, I think they were definitely the right decisions for me, especially at the, that time. But, um, you know, it's ultimately helped me get to get here and, you know, get to doing what we're doing right now. So I'm going to circle back to your competitive career. Um, one of the first questions I always ask our guests, when and why did you begin wrestling? So I began wrestling uh, pretty young at five years old. Um, really, it was just kind of, you know, real fun to begin with, just kind of getting started. Um, my father got me into wrestling. He was not a wrestler himself, just really never had the opportunity, but always loved the sport, you know. So he got me into it right away. And, you know, I was just very fortunate that, you know, just being in the situation that, you know, he was in, I was lucky to, you know, my father was retired and, you know, he, he was able to really just kind of drive me around the country and expose me to the best coaches out there, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's kind of what we did. And, you know, it helped me grow. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I, I always was able to get the right level of, of push from, from him and, you know, not too much, but also, uh, you know, keeping me motivated and on task and, um, you know, really from there, I mean, I just took the ownership on, on my own and, uh, you know, got to that next step. So coming out of high school, uh, why did you choose Cornell and who else did you strongly consider? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, I was I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, to be honest. You know, I mean, I, I looked at everything from, uh, you know, Minnesota to uh, to Harvard. I mean, you know, I, I really wasn't sure what, you know, what kind of direction I wanted to go. Um, you know, for me, Cornell um, was just kind of the the best overall fit. I mean, you know, for me, it was, um, you know, the best combination of the athletic side of things, the academic side of things. Um, and then also, you know, I had the family support of being close to home and, and being able to go to go to school in my backyard. So all those contributed, um, you know, to that decision. And, you know, ultimately it was, you know, just like I said, the best fit for me. And so right out the gate in your freshman season, you win the body bar, Vegas, the scuffle. You know, early on, did you have a win that kind of reaffirmed for you that you could compete with and beat the best guys in the country and compete for an NCAA title as a freshman? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I think probably, you know, I mean, I, I always believed that I was um, – going win the national title right right from the get-go you know i mean i think again back there you know they didn't have the gray shirting and everything you know that they have now mm -hmm. in the ivy league so um i knew when i committed to cornell that i was wrestling right away you know i didn't have that opportunity to to redshirt and you know i was committed to that and i believed that i was good enough to to wrestle right then so um i think probably the you know my first kind of breakout was probably at the at the cliff keen that year i Remember, I had some pretty, uh, pretty good kids in that way. Um, you know, some former All-Americans and guys like that that you know really kind of gave me that first test. It's, so one of the big matches from that freshman season was the NCA semis with Nick Simmons. What amazed me at the time, as well as now, is you kind of beat him at his own strength. You know, he was a beast on top, and he chose top on you. However, you managed to get the reversal. You know, which was the difference in that match. Talk. Talk to me a little bit about that one. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely an exciting match. I mean, you know, everybody knew going in that, you know, that the mat was his best position. And, you know, we uh, we tried to avoid it. <laughs> you know, I, I think I um, during my choice, I think I picked neutral in the second period and again was unable to score. I think it was, you know, zero zero or whatever going in that third period. Yeah. And he picked top. But, um, 
you know, I think, you know, and it's still true today. I mean, one of the biggest things that separates, you know, kids being, you know, you know, freshmen versus, you know, being able to really being able to compete that first year is, is, is the mat wrestling. And, you know, that was an area that I always felt pretty confident in. And, um, you know, again, during that situation, I was able to, you know, get that reversal and, and win the match. So, um, you know, I think anytime you see these kids that are good mat wrestlers at high school, I mean, it, you know, it makes that transition to college even quicker. And so after beating Simmons, you made it to the NCAA finals where he ended up falling to Joe Dubuque. You know, looking at you two is kind of evident. He was the fifth year senior and you still kind of had the baby face as a freshman, you know, talk about that match and you know as fans we may think oh he's a freshman he, he lost but he's got three more years left is you know that ever something that you know goes through your mind no not at all I mean you know I mean I was you know I was there to to win it you know I mean that was my goal I mean I you know thinking back on the match now I mean you're exactly right you know I mean I was I was still a boy and he, he was a full-grown man you know <laughs> I think uh, I, I think I wrestled pretty dang well that match you know I I, I certainly don't think I wrestled a bad match, but, um, you know, that day in that situation, he was just better than me and, uh, and that's okay. You know, I mean, I used it as a learning experience and got better from it. And so shoulder injuries ended up becoming a recurring problem for you. When did you initially hurt it? And then how many times, uh, was the injury seriously re-aggravated for you? Oh, too many. You know, I think, uh, you know, really after that freshman year, I wasn't ever really healthy again. My sophomore year, I ended up having a back injury that really held me out most of that year. And then it was after that sophomore year, um, uh, kind of last minute, I decided to, uh, jump into the, uh, world team trials. I went to a qualifier, won the qualifier and, um, wrestling the world team trials, um, up at 60 kilo. And, uh, you know, again, I, I was pretty dang small for the weight. Um, you know, probably wasn't the best decision. I mean, I was going more to just to compete rather than, you know, really preparing to win, but I ended up hurting my shoulder then. Um, and again, I, you know, never really had a serious shoulder injury before, so I didn't really think much of it. Um, didn't wrestle really much the rest of the summer and, you know, just kind of let it, you know, settle down on its own. But I ended up getting back in the practice room that year and, um, heard it again. And, you know, that it kind of just spiraled out of control from there, to be honest. You know, I think, I, you know, I, I certainly rushed my recovery. I mean, I was kind of, um, never really had enough time to fully recover and, and get my shoulder back to a hundred percent. And, you know, it kind of plagued me those next three years. And, um, you know, I tried to do the best I could with it, but it, it I mean, yeah, it definitely, uh, I wasn't the same wrestler after that. That's no question. And in that sophomore season, even with the injuries, you know, you have a good year, you got a two seat at nationals this time in the semis, you're upset by Paul Donahoe, um, I remember hearing at the time it was the first time, and I don't know how long that you were ever in a semifinal or you were in a consolation match. You know, how do you deal with a big defeat like that? Then getting yourself back to ready, uh, ready to wrestle through the consies, which is kind of unfamiliar to you. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, it was certainly disappointing, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I think it was, you know, partly a situation. I mean, I just really wasn't ready for that level of competition. Um, I hadn't wrestled many matches at all that season. I think my conditioning definitely played a factor. Um, you know, I really wasn't in shape to go out and, and really, uh, win that semifinal and, uh, you know, Donahoe there, he, t he took advantage of it. So, um, you know, I think that was the only time he's ever beaten me in my career, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I just dealt with it the best way I could, you know, I mean, I kind of dug in and, you know, got in there and, you know, 
did my job, which was to come back and take third. And something you've told me before, I don't think people fully realize is, uh, you know, I may be paraphrasing a bit, but, you know, due to the shoulder injuries you sustained, you ended up having to reinvent yourself as a mat wrestler, you know, for instance, with the crab ride. And during those last few years of your career, the elite ability on the mat has kind of kept you in there with those top guys. Are you able to, you know, correct me or elaborate on that? Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. I mean, you know, I I mean, I, I was a pretty uh pretty dominant lefty lead, um left-handed wrestler. I mean, um throughout my entire career and, you know, I hurt my left shoulder. That was the one that was injured throughout my career. So, um, you know, it made it pretty difficult to get extended on attacks, you know. So, I had to really um, you know, I, I really couldn't put myself in, you know, those at risk positions, you know, I had to use a lot of high percentage, you know, um, low, low risk attacks. And I mean, really, I ended up, you know, pretty much going from being a lefty to a righty on my feet. And I mean, you know, really just trying to, you know, especially at that level, I mean, it's, you know, hard to reinvent yourself that late in the game, but, you know, just trying to hold my own on my feet and, you know, get to the mat where I knew I could still compete and not put myself at risk for injury. So, you know, we spent a lot of time making sure that, you know, again, my bottom was solid. I was going to be able to get away from anybody I, I wrestled. And, you know, from a top standpoint, I mean, I was looking to, you know, not, not only hold you down, but I was looking to pin you. And this is kind of a tangent, but something I've always wondered is, uh, you know, going forward from yourself, Angel Escobedo, Matt McDonough, Jesse Delgado, all NCAA champions at 125. I'm sure there's, you know, other elite guys I'm forgetting, you know, ended up having shoulder injuries that sidetracked the end of your careers. You know, I know shoulder injuries are common in wrestling and debil- debilitating, but uh, would you say it's more common with the lower weights, the 125 pounders? when you think of all the guys that I mentioned or is that, is there something to that or just a coincidence? You know, I, I, I've never looked at the the data or anything. I don't know if it's more, um, you know, more prevalent at the lightweights or not, uh, or not, but I, I really do think it affects the lightweights more because again, I mean, there's a lot more action at the lightweights. I mean, you know, you're wrestling at a lot higher pace. I mean, you know, and just in general, I mean, there's a lot more action, you know, there's a lot more leg attacks. And again, you have an injury like that. It's, it's going to, you know, severely impact, you know, what you can and can't do. So, um, I, I think probably it, it, it impacts the game more for lightweights than anybody else. So back to 2009, you're in the NCAA finals against Donahoe who knocked you out in 2007, you know, coming into that match, do you see it as uh, revenge or just another guy that you have to beat to win your title? You know, again, for me, I mean, it was just another match. Um, you know, I mean, I think there was definitely, you know, a little bit of that, you know, trying to get one back. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, I think when he beat me in 2007, that was probably the only time he ever beat me in my career. I mean, I was probably about 6-7-0 and against him. So, um, you know, it was just going out and being, you know, confident in what I could do and, and you know, just just doing my thing and, you know, what I was capable of. And, I mean, by, by no means was it a pretty match. I mean, it was an ugly match. Again, I was, you know, I think my shoulder came out a couple times. It was subluxing during the match. And, you know, it, it, it made it difficult to win. But, you know, luckily I was able enough to, to find a way. And so I remember shortly after the NCAA championships, uh, your father had passed away. Um, how much pressure did you feel at the time with his condition on top of any normal pressure that uh, you would put on yourself? 
you know, I mean, surprisingly, there really wasn't any added pressure. Um, you know, I think I was at the time, I mean, I was so focused on winning a national title, you know, I, I, I probably wasn't, you know, fully aware of how actually sick my dad was at that point, you know, I mean, I, you know, and he, he did a nice job of really probably keeping it from me more than anything to keep me focused because I mean, you know, he wanted me to win that national title just as bad as I did. So, um, you know, I, I, it was one of those, that next week or whatnot and I remember I went home to visit him when I finally realized wow this is uh this is bad <laughs> and uh you know I mean uh, for me I mean I was just fortunate enough that again you know our donors and everything at Cornell were able to you know find a way to get him to St. Louis to actually be there and to you know be with me and the rest of my family for that title. So your senior season uh Southern Scuffle, you're on the mat for one of the first times that year. I know myself, tons of other fans are excited to see you and Angel Escobedo go at it. You know, both senior NCAA champions, and then, you know, bam, it's over pretty quickly with an injury default. You know, talk, walk us through that one. Yeah, you know, I, I had taken some additional time off again. You know, I I told you earlier, I, you know, the, the timing, you know, I just really never had enough time to recover. And, you know, I gave myself a little bit extra time that year. Um, you know, I needed to make sure that I would, you know, was still hitting the criteria to be able to qualify for the tournament and just get there to begin with. So, you know, I think Scuffle was my first tournament back. And, you know, I think thinking back on that tournament, I mean, I felt pretty good. Um, I remember, I think, in my semifinal match, I felt my shoulder loosening up a little bit. Um, didn't really think too much of it at the time, you know, just kind of grinded through it and did what I needed to do. But I, I did remember feeling it then. And then uh, in that final, you know, I I remember, I mean, I just, you know, we, it was real early in the match. I, you know, kind of gave him a real hard club to the head and uh, my shoulder just dislocated right there. <laughs> and, um, you know, again, that was the first time it had dislocated since I had had the surgery. So, um, you know, it was, certainly very painful and something that, you know, didn't go back in right away. So, um, you know, obviously we, you know, that match wasn't, you know, important enough to be able to, you know, try to tough through it. And from there out, it was, it was just a pretty rough season. I'm just trying to do enough to, to stay healthy. It was, it was a rough year too. I mean, you know, I, I think probably towards the end of the season, I mean, if I was getting on the mat once a week, um, that, that was probably it, you know, I was just trying to stay in shape, keep my weight under control and, you know, do what I could just to stay healthy enough to get to the tournament. And so at the tournament, the second round against Fred Santate of Boston, uh, it's a two to one loss. I was sitting about 10 feet from the mat. You know, it was clear to me that you weren't yourself, that you were trying to gut it out. And, you know, watching the match end, you know, part of me thought, you know, that's it. He's probably done. He might injury to fall out of the tournament. At the same tournament, Dustin Schlater couldn't continue pulled out. Um, you know, talk about that match. And then did that ever cross your mind? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I remember that match, I mean, very vividly. I mean, you know, I, it was a match that, you know, I felt good. I mean, I was, you know, I felt in control the entire match, you know, but, um, you know, it, I mean, he wrestled a very smart match and was able to keep it close enough where right at the end of the match, you know, he's able to sneak me. I mean, I, I remember, you know, early on in that match, there was a situation where I was actually in on a leg attack ready to, I mean, a, a position that I'd finish, you know, probably at least nine times out of 10. And, um, my shoulder 
was dislocated at that point and I literally couldn't move and we ended up in a stalemate, you know, and that probably would ice, ice the match, but you know, it just happened. And, you know, he was able to, uh, again, wrestle real smart and he, he snuck me right at the end. So, um, you know, it, it definitely hurt. Um, you know, it definitely, uh, didn't feel good to, to have to, you know, know that I wasn't going to be able to defend that title. And, you know, again, I was in a lot of pain. I, I remember having the conversation with, uh, with Rob and, you know, he, he, he did basically give me the option. Hey, if, if, you know, if we need to be done, that that's okay. And, uh, I think probably at the time I did say, yeah, you know, forget this, I'm done. <laughs> but uh, I remember going back to the hotel room that night and I think our team had a pretty good round that night. And, um, you know, we, we were really in the hunt to, to win the title at that point. So, um, you know, at that point I just really started thinking, you know, it's, you know, again, my, my goal is, is already gone. You know, I wanted to win the national title, but you know, I really just kind of put the team in front of me at that point and said, Hey, I'm going to do what I can to help the team as much as possible. And if that's to, you know, win one more match or if, you know, I can come back and take third, I'm going to do what I can. And, uh, you know, luckily enough, I was able to, you know, come back into that third place match and, and take fourth. Uh, I don't, I still don't know how I was able to get through that many matches, but I found a way. <laughs> uh, so as a competitor with your talent, and your mindset, uh, you mentioned earlier, you're going into college thinking about winning four NCAA titles and whatever, you know, international aspirations you have. Now that you're a few years removed from competing and into your coaching career, are you able to have a different appreciation for winning your NCAA title, becoming a four-time All-American, and some of the other various achievements that you've earned along the way? Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, one of the biggest things, I mean, is you, you can't take anything for granted, you know, I mean, you know, I, I tell my guys all the time, I mean, you know, you, you can't wait for that senior year and say, okay, now I'm old enough, now I'm mature enough, you know, not now I can win, you know, I mean, if you're healthy, and you're good enough, um, you got to be ready to go, whether you're a freshman, sophomore, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I think you're starting to see kids that are, are winning more at those younger ages. And I mean, I think it's just the development of the sport. Um, you know, I, I really believe that, you know, at that national tournament, I, I believe I was probably the best wrestler for three straight years, but, you know, I was only lucky enough to win one title. That's it. And that just speaks to how hard that tournament is. And I think when, you know, you look at some of these guys that have won four titles or, you know, three titles or whatever, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, because it is not an easy feat to do. And, um, you know, again, I think it just speaks to, you know, some of the gamers that, that are out there, but I mean, every kid, you know, that, that comes to me that we're recruiting, you know, I mean, you know, everybody's got the high aspirations. Everybody wants to be a four-time national champ. And, you know, I think it's our job to, you know, encourage them that, you know, it is possible, but understanding that, Hey, this is, this is not easy and it's going to take a lot of work. Okay. So for my last question, um, this is one of my favorites. How would you like for people to remember you and your career as a wrestler? Oh gosh. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, again, I mean, oh man, that's, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, for, for me, I mean, personally as a wrestler, you know, I hope people just, you know, would remember me as, you know, a competitor. I mean, somebody that always put it on the line and, you know, wasn't afraid to go out and compete against the best and, you know, and just leave it all out there. I mean, you know, for me now, I mean, looking back on it, I mean, it's, it's not about me anymore. I mean, you know, I mean, reason I became a wrestling coach was again, just, um, you know, my gratefulness towards my coaches and what they did for me and my careers. And, you know, I, I want to do the same thing for my, for my student athletes and, and helping them hopefully get to that next level. Okay. Well, that's all I have. Is there anything that 
you would like for people to know about you, uh, the program, you know, anything else? No, just keep it, keep an eye out on Northern Colorado. You know, we got a young team. I mean, we're we're building, we're heading in the right direction, and uh, we're gonna be na- making some noise here in the future. So, um, got any interest in wrestling at this level and and being in Colorado? Definitely, uh, you know, reach out, and you know, we'd love to chat. All right. Well, a big thanks to Troy Nickerson for joining us today on Sudden History. Once again, thanks to Troy for taking time out to talk with us and being so candid. Whenever I finish one of these interviews, one of the first things I think of is, you know, I hope I wasn't too negative or too much of a ball buster. Uh, you know, not necessarily to Troy, but a couple of these interviews I've done for Sudden History, I've had to shoot a follow-up text right away saying, you know, sorry if I was too rough because, you know, that's not necessarily what I'm trying to do. However, just like we're actually competing as wrestlers, you know, I think we learn more about a person from the losses and the tough times than we do from the wins. And, well, you are all winners for joining me again on the show, and you're going to be winners for staying along and listening to Sudden History in the future. I've got my next guest locked in. It's a good one, and he actually claims to never have done a podcast before, so that has me excited. I have to give a shout-out to Matt Bogomol. Uh, Last week, unexpectedly, I had a day off from my real job and said on Twitter that I wanted to line up a podcast guest and did anybody have any suggestions. He actually responded and included Troy Nickerson, saying he'd like to hear from him. Troy was cool enough to talk on short notice, and there you have it. So thanks to Matt for putting the idea in Troy's head and mine. And if you have anyone you'd like to hear, let me know. I'm always down for new potential guests for Sudden History. Okay, well, that's all we have time for this time around, so keep your eyes on the Northern Colorado Bears, and let's let Greg Jones take us away. How the hell do I get off this stage?